Talk features thought leadership interviews with community banking and credit union executives on relevant banking topics. If you are that CEO or would like to be an executive one day, this is the podcast for you. The most downloaded podcast in the community banking space, Bank Talk promises that you will learn something new in each episode to improve the performance at your financial institution. And now, here's our host, Charlie Kelly. Hi, and welcome to Bank Talk. I'm Charlie Kelly, your host and partner at Remedy Consulting. Today, we're going to talk about podcasting. We ran into quite a few that had existing podcasts, and you know, from that group, we pulled Stephanie Bonesteel of Citizens Bank of McGuanagoe, and Steph is going to talk to us today about just what they're doing in their podcast world, and you know, hopefully you can find some nuggets of information here that might be useful. Whether you decide to do it or don't do it, I just think it's an it's an interesting draw, call it a marketing draw rather than a marketing push for, you know, educating your customers and, and, you know, engaging your customers. So without further ado, let's get to Bank Talk. Welcome back to Bank Talk. Today, I have with me Steph Bonesteel. Steph is the uh, Senior v- Vice President of uh, Marketing at uh, Citizens Bank of McGuanagoe. McGuanagoe is a uh, suburb of the Milwaukee area, so sort of the western side of the Milwaukee area. Steph, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Charlie. Uh, we wanted to have a kind of a conversation around your efforts in the, whether, whether you call it a podcast or the video space. First, give me a feel for what Citizens Bank looks like. What's your footprint? You know, give us a better understanding of sort of what, what the market is. We are now known just as Citizens Bank. We did drop the of McQuanago in 2014. I'll make note of that. We right. um, And the reason is because we had expanded outside of McQuanago quite a bit over the last 20 years. So we just thought it was more reflective of our name to not be geographically tied to our headquarter town, which of course is McQuanago. But we have a network of 12 branches spanning across southern Waukesha and northern Walworth County, like you mentioned, just southwest of the metro Milwaukee area. And we've grown to just over about a billion in assets. So also help me out with the with the uh, the podcast. Give me a little bit of history. At some point, somebody in your organization must have said, we should do this podcast thing. Tell me how that started and just uh, you know, give me a feel for why you decided that this was an avenue to reach out to your customers. Yeah, well, it was me. It was my brainchild to, to hop on the uh, podcast bandwagon. And our, our podcast is called A Mind for Money. We launched it in January of uh, 2022, but it has been in development for probably at least a year, so a good six months probably before we launched. The reason behind it is it really felt like a natural extension of what we do as a bank in terms of our community outreach efforts, especially on the financial literacy front. It says on our podcast website that we're on a mission to demystify banking and finances so that everyone can have the confidence they need in their money. So that's that's just kind of an overarching theme to what we do as a bank, is we, we try to deploy that tools that are going to help people in that regard. And a podcast seemed like a natural way, again, to extend that reach just in a really casual way, reach especially a younger audience who maybe didn't get the financial literacy education they needed in school or from their parents. But at the same time, we'd also don't want to limit our audience because, of course, there any 
anybody of any age can have questions about how certain things and they may find themselves in different situations throughout their lives. And we just try to cover a wide range of financial topics that are going to hopefully help people out. I think you had mentioned that, that at least initially, some of your guests were members of the bank, not you know folks from the outside community. Could, could you give us a feel for, you know, some of those early episodes and either what you talked about or, or you know, what you found important there? Sure. We so far have published 15 episodes, two more coming out soon. And the majority of our guests to this point have been bank employees. The reason we did that is first we wanted to make sure we had, we knew what we were doing enough and we felt a little more comfortable with internal guests, I guess, just, you know, getting a feel for the equipment and the recording process and all of that. Another uh, focus of this is we want to showcase our people as experts because they truly are. They really know their stuff and they're very always willing and, and want to help people. So we thought that showcasing our internal um, subject matter experts first was a good place to start. And we also found a lot of natural topics where they worked as the guests. So now that we have some of the more basic obvious topics out of the way we are expanding out and, and starting to invite in some outside guests. We have a we had a realtor on talking about, you know, the home buying process and how to be a good home buyer. We are going to bring in a an accountant to talk about what doing your tax returns and when it makes sense to do it yourself and when you should ask an expert for help, you know, what situations make sense there. Um also bringing in some people to talk about things like elder financial abuse, just, you know, various topics like that. Maybe, you know, bringing in a lawyer to talk about estates and things like that too, trusts and just things that are a little more complex, I guess. We think our topics will evolve into more specific or, or a little deeper content as we go. Yeah, I could see fraud. I mean, there's probably a few things there that just the general public wants to know some things about that. You, know, you probably have expertise internally. That would make some mm-hmm. sense. So, Steph, how do you think about frequency? The, the the material I've read on the podcasting side, as we understand it, it, you know, there's there's definitely some benefit in deciding whether you want to do you know once a day, once a month, or once every two weeks. Have you thought about you know ha, have you been consistent in your how often you release an episode? Is that important to you? And, uh, you know, just how are you guys, how are you thinking about that? So I should also mention that our podcast, this is an important point here. I should have made this earlier. Our podcast is not just an audio podcast. We also have a video. I can explain later why we did that because um, it was, it was a big consideration at the outset, how, if we were going to go audio or audio plus video. Tell me, sure. tell me uh, why you made the decision to go audio video or both. So again, big consideration in the forefront. We know that audio would, would have been much easier. Of course, you don't have any of the visuals to worry about. You don't have to worry about what your set looks like. It, it's obviously a lot simpler when you only have the audio. But we thought about how we wanted to deploy our content. And yes, of course, it's a podcast, but we also wanted, if we thought if we went video, then we would have content that we could use across other channels. We could post the episodes on a website and have people, you know, watch the video there. We could have, it's been great content on social media too, to be able to share our videos through that route. You know, we even have found that it works to some extent in our branches because we have um, screens in all of our lobbies. There's a little more to it because of video, but it's proven to be well, well worth it. 
because of the video aspect, we take a little more time to produce each episode. So when when we launched in January and really through uh, the beginning of the summer of 2022, we were very consistent releasing two episodes per month. That's what we committed to. We really didn't tell anybody that it was to expect that. <laughs> but we didn't want to commit to something, you know, especially. Right now, I've been there. Yep. But we, we were very consistently releasing an episode on the first and third Mondays of the month until we hit summer. And then in summer, it just became lining up the schedules of our crew came a little difficult. We we produce pretty much in-house. The problem with summer, of course, we live in Wisconsin. Everyone wants to take their vacation time when it's nice here. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so to, to line up the schedules of me and Cheryl and Timmy plus then a guest has been extremely difficult. So we've slowed down to about one episode every four or six weeks, which is, again, not ideal. But I think heading here into the fall, we're going to be able to get back on track. Yeah. And I think that's a challenge for, you know, even on our podcast, we will, we talk to a lot of folks at some of these bankers events and, you know, they always say, where do you come up with your ideas? And, and ideas are to me, one of the more challenging, right? One of the more challenging things, not only ideas, ideas and cadence, I would probably say probably two of the biggest challenges any podcaster probably has, you know, wh- how many interesting things are there to talk to about in this area that we're, you know, we're interested in educating in. I want to step back real quick and talk about this concept of the video. I think there's, there's two things that come to mind when you were talking about the video. Number one, you had mentioned being able to play these in your lobby. Do you, do you play any of the episodes in your lobbies or any time you're kind of got them in the background, uh, you know, as people enter the lobby. We'll be right back. You hear a lot about supply chains these days, because if the past couple years have taught us anything, it's that an efficient, well-managed supply chain is absolutely critical to keeping businesses successful and consumers happy. I'm Will Haywood and I host a podcast called All Business No Boundaries, where we talk about supply chains how they work, what happens when they don't, and the innovations that are redefining what's possible in the world of logistics. Join me for insightful interviews with thought leaders and industry experts. We discuss how optimizing supply chains can break down the barriers that are holding businesses back. That's All Business, No Boundaries by DHL Supply Chain. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. At this time, we don't use full episodes in the lobby. Our screens in lobby are more visual without the audio. Little snippets of the video as teasers for what's going on, you know, just to draw interest to people to come check out the episodes. But at least at this point, because we don't have audio playing on those screens, we haven't shown full episodes that way. You know, okay. maybe something we'll figure out in the future, but we just haven't done that yet. And then the other, the other thought I had on this was uh, we had done a podcast on financial education. And and I think when I think about financial education, we had spoken at one point to a, a person who was a, a community leader in some of the more working class neighborhoods. What he mentioned is he said, you know, there's a very high, and I don't remember what the stat he used, but he had a very specific statistic that said that folks that are younger, that, you know, whether they did or did not receive education from their parents, you know, a lot of times, at least with with my children, they wouldn't have accepted the education when they were in high school or early college because, you know, the parents didn't know anything back then. But eventually they've got to go out and find a financial services, right? They, they're going to need financial services. And then when they do that, many of them, specifically those who are not college educated, 
are afraid of a banker because they're afraid that they may ask a question that makes them look stupid. I think the value in doing, I'm sure you guys have this research internally, but I think there, there might be two values that I could think of in doing this as a video. Number one, you, you get a chance to introduce your people to the community. If, you know, if somebody wants to go out there and learn about this. So that might be one, might be one value that, you know, they can learn that the person behind the video or the person that is in your bank, you know, giving the education session, you know, maybe isn't that scary. And then the number, the number two is, you know, there might be some benefit in taking specific episodes and offering them to your business clients, Mm -hmm. because I guarantee you that your business clients, especially some of the medium sized ones are going to have employees who are afraid to ask the questions. So right. uh, pro- mm-hmm. providing those as, a, as an education resource is sometimes, I don't want to say forcing it, but just saying, hey, feel free to reach out. We, we found this thing. We found it interesting. You know, if you're trying to figure out how to save some money for whatever you want to do, you know, your house or whatever is next, right? This might be a good education session on that. But conceptually, that series going out to your business customers is, I, I just think there's a ton of value there. Again, that that's something that extends beyond the podcast too. But yeah, we're just trying to be more approachable. It's not all old guys in suits, right? <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> we have a lot of younger people are going to come into the bank and find their peers working here. And those are people that hopefully they can learn to trust and again, not feel judged. We're not here to judge. We're not here to do any of that. We're here to help. <laughs> yeah. Using no. those resources any way we can, we will. You know, at some point when you decided that this was going to be something that you were going to do, you must have felt that the effort, the time, the effort, the money was going to be worth it to you. What, what do you think the bank feels that success looks like in the podcasting space. You know, is that X number of sales that you can track back to the podcast? Is that number of downloads? Like how do you how do you think about usage versus success? Well, I should preface this by saying that we've invested some money into this. We've spent probably about fifteen hundred dollars on some audio equipment. We use a cell phone to record the video. We use software that we had already we had to buy one additional license. So that was very, very small cost there. So our equipment investment was quite small. We spent about $3,000 with our design agency to brand the A Mind for Money podcast with a logo and they created an intro video for us. So again, pretty small dollars in terms of what we invested that way. There was more time that went into it. It was my main focus for a few months leading up to the launch and I would say the you know weeks immediately leading up to it was more than half of my work week was spent on the website, setting up an RSS feed, the social media accounts, collateral materials, and so on. But really looking at it compared to you know other marketing initiatives, other projects we've done, yes, it's been a lot of work, but it hasn't been a lot of hard investment, I guess I would say. Therefore, I can't it's one it's something that is very hard to establish, you know, a good ROI on. We do track usage. I will say that our video consumption is about 20 times what the audio consumption is. So again, really happy we went that route. But again, we're we're able to push the video out through websites and social media. It has done a lot for our image. And I think that's where the success lies, is that it's getting viewed. It is we've had a lot of good anecdotal evidence in terms of People say, hey, you know, I like, I saw this and I like it. It hasn't been tons of feedback in that regard, but we've heard enough that I think at this point we feel like we're, we have a good base and we're just going to keep building on it. Again, 
from here on out, we're spending maybe between the three of us on our team, maybe 20 hours a week. I'm sorry, 20 hours a month, 20 hours a week would be too much. (laughs) (laughs) 20 hours a month, which to me, you know, in the whole scheme of things that divided among three people is very doable. Time initiative than a, uh, an expense, meaning it's easy to get, it might be easy to get through the budget cycle, but you better have somebody that's dedicated to it because (laughs) No one's giving them a bonus to run their podcast. This is just something they'd have to do because they're dedicated to the cause. Right. Is that is that fair? That's very fair. And I would say that the three of us, we it's something fun to do too. I mean, yeah, it's work and it's it can be challenging sometimes, especially if you're trying to line up a guest and schedules aren't working out, that sort of thing. But you know, it's very rewarding. Again, it, it's great to see the finished product. It's great to hear positive feedback that we're hearing. You know, it, it's great to feel like we're helping people again because of the content that we're putting out that that you know this may be making a difference to get someone on the right track so they can feel financially confident now you had an interesting story of one of your customers i think an elderly customer that came into the bank so as i mentioned timmy our host is also a a mortgage and consumer lender with the bank he was contacted by an elderly gentleman. I believe the gentleman is in his 80s. So certainly not what you would think is a typical podcast audience <laughs> member. But but he contacted uh, Timmy and said, are you the Tim from the internet? <laughs> <laughs> and um, this gentleman actually ended up opening a pretty, pretty good size home equity line of credit with Timmy. If nothing else, there was one deal that we can pretty much directly attribute to it. And, it, you know, there may be more. We haven't honestly attempted to make a direct correlation with other things. But again, we've got our eyes open. We've got our ears open. It's just asking people if they've seen it, you know, what do they think? And again, we do, we do track usage in terms of the podcast downloads and then video views. Let me talk about just your video views real quick. I, one thing I always find interesting about the podcast space is it is it's kind of difficult to track. You can track the number of hits or downloads, right? Mm-hmm. It's not too easy to determine whether or not those customers were in your footprint. In other words, whether those are Citizens Bank customers specifically, it's it's relatively difficult to figure out. What you can say is you can probably say, well, we were able to publish this and that publication generally went within social media out to our customer base or people who are following us or what have you. That would that would make you feel like that the people that might be grabbing and pulling down the content might be are someone in your footprint. Uh, can you talk about that for just a minute? Is am I thinking about that right, or do you have better ways to track than you know some of the other ones I've seen out there? So on the audio side, yeah, I I, I agree with you that we that it's very hard to tell where any of that activity is happening because we have so much video consumption. We use Vimeo as our video hosting site. We went with Vimeo over YouTube just because we didn't want ads running in front of the videos. Anyway, through the uh, Vimeo analytics tool, you can see where people are, and that is helpful because we can see that you know most. And I, I don't have statistics, but it, it's very obvious that at least three quarters, 80% or so of our viewership is happening in our immediate area. Good, good. Oh, that's that, good. that is good to know. Yeah. All right. I, I would assume that you have some remote tools that if somebody was, you know, picking up your video from outside the footprint and still wanted to bank with you, you could probably figure out a way to make that happen if they were, right, if they aggressively came to you. Yeah, we definitely, we have, I know, online account opening, loan applications, that sort of thing. Of course, full digital banking suite. So we can help people who are not necessarily, obviously there's limits, you know, we can't 
open uh, loans out, out of the state, for example. If somebody is a customer and they move away, for example, with we're certainly not limited to just a five-mile radius from a branch like we used to be. It would seem to me that when you look at your marketing dollars and you say, you know, I can do this, I can do this podcast video, or I can do, you know, one of the other things I usually do in the marketing space is, you know, I push out the content. I either have an email channel or a snail mail channel or what have you, right? I always thought of that there are, there are kind of limited opportunities to show yourself as a, as a leader where somebody is coming to you for your content. So in other words, they're pulling you in versus you pushing something out to them versus mm-hmm. you pushing a mailer out to them, you know, using that as a poor example. Maybe. So this, this concept of, you know, when they come to you as an expert, you're probably quite a bit, you feel a lot better off than trying to, you know, shove a $200 to open an account offer down their throat and hope they grab it. Right. Um, exactly. I think that, $200 offer, there's a good chance that that $200 offer, they came for the 200 bucks and they may not be, you know, loyal. Exactly. Uh, I would argue with content, you at least have the ability to show yourself as an expert and then they come there for the expertise, not the, you know, not the $200 offer. It would seem to me that might, you know, you might make a better, uh, make a better customer if, you know, for the ones that you can gather. Exactly. Yes. I agree with you 100% there that there's, yeah, there's no loyalty in a, cash offer like that. It, it really, you know, I'd like to think that there are people who are looking for something, a, a deeper relationship with their financial institution. It, you know, it doesn't sound fun. It's also very, it's very important. We're here. We're ready to, you know, fill that need for people. Maybe the last question I have is, is there anything we didn't cover? Any other things that you've gone through over the last year and a half on your journey to get here that you thought of as a didn't see coming. <laughs> I'm, sure there's, I'm sure there's some things that people who might be interested in doing this for their customers would like to know that you know. I think we almost put too much thought into this in the front end. We were trying to come up with certain themes for, I don't want to see themes for each episode, but like sections for each episode. Like we needed to have a a special feature of this and this, like maybe we would have a little quiz in the middle and then we would do something else where we realized like, just sit down and have a conversation. It, it doesn't have to be anything fancy in terms of, you know, special segments within your episodes. I think once we got past that thought process that we needed to have, you know, some really fancy structure to this, it, it became much easier. And then we just started rolling. That's good advice. And I, and I would think it also makes it easier for not only getting a guest on, but also also maybe even you know getting the commitment of your of your employees that are are uh, you know running this thing for you is easier is better. Somewhere in there, the audience finds a story that you know either helps educate them or you know helps entertain them. I guess right. Exactly, and right. I will also say that we really couldn't have done this podcast and gotten it to where it is today without Timmy's help. Or perhaps we could have, but it it would have been a much harder road <laughs> and and maybe not as good of a finished product either. When he got, got wind that we were thinking about doing this and he stepped up right away and said, I, you know, I've done some podcasting. It really did help to have that internal knowledge because I was going at this with virtually none. So my advice to anybody is if you can find someone that has even a, toyed with this a little bit on their own, <laughs> it, a little can go a long way for sure. Okay. Or even a passion for it, I suppose. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one other question I did not ask you. I told you that was the last question. Here's the last question. So who comes up with your content? Most of the content is developed by me and Cheryl, our community outreach director. But we really get the ideas. You know, some of it is just her and I brainstorming together. And then other times, it, it's just based on what we're hearing from our, our relationship uh, bankers in the branches when they're helping customers. Cheryl especially has a, a very good relationship with our local schools. So she's always got her ear open there to hear, you know, what what people are talking about or maybe don't know enough about. And then we just watch industry trends too. What's an issue now that maybe wasn't an issue? For example, we did an episode about inflation a few months ago, realizing that there's a lot of people who are adults now who have never experienced a high level of inflation because you know we haven't had inflation this high in 40 years. So we really just try to gather it from all different different resources. And again, it really helps to just listen. Listen what's out there, what people are wondering about. Can be a struggle to find good content. We also realized again, like again, simple is better. <laughs> like we don't have to tackle the really big hard topics every single time. Again, hope to get a little more in depth with things as we keep continue on. How many ideas do you have planned ahead of right now? Right now, again, because we slowed down with recording over the summer a little, I'd say we probably have a solid four ideas on the hopper right now. It's just a matter again of finding the right guests to come on, getting things scheduled, get a you know some talking points. Steph, I again, uh, Steph Bonesteel from Citizens Bank, not Citizens Bank of McGuanago, Citizens Bank without <laughs> the McGuanago. Um, Citizens Bank in McGuanago, yeah, in McGuanago, but not. Not of McGonagall, right? Yeah. I appreciate you spending some time with us and uh, for thank you for you know explaining what you've been through. Great. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, so that's it for Bank Talk. I just wanted to kind of reiterate that in doing this, we're not really advocating for you to have a podcast or a video, you know, a video series or not have a video series. What we wanted to try to do was to spend a little bit of time just kind of talking about the eh, the pros and cons of it. And, you know, it's not for everybody, certainly, because it is a lot more work, I think, than stuff even probably. Man, again, maybe it's because she's got somebody who's got a passion for it. Just if you've, if you've thought about it before and had some understanding, well, just wanted some understanding of how, how you get there. I think Steph did a great job of trying to explain that. So that's it for Bank Talk. This is Charlie Kelly, your host. Have a good day and keep on learning. Thank you for listening to the Bank Talk podcast brought to you by Remedy Consulting. To hear the podcast that was featured in this episode, go to amindformoney.com. And that podcast is sponsored by Citizens Bank here in southeastern Wisconsin. If you have any additional questions or have a podcast that you would like to promote in the community financial institution space, please contact Remedy Consulting. Thanks again, and we'll see you in the next episode.